Let every man be swift to hear, but slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man worketh not the justice of God. Words taken from today's epistle in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we consider one of the most human sins. Human, I say, because it can exist only in the human soul. Devils are incapable of committing this sin, though our human language may often attribute this sin to them. I am speaking of the deadly sin of wrath. Wrath or anger is a movement of man's soul, a passion, an emotion. Like all the passions, anger is neither good nor bad. It is when we allow our actions to be controlled by anger rather than right reason that sin enters in. And the way sin most commonly enters in is by sins of the tongue. St. Francis de Sales tells us it is a matter of great importance to make our conversation agreeable. To do so, it is necessary to appear humble, patient, respectful, cordial, yielding in all lawful things to all. Above all, we must avoid contradicting the opinion of anyone, unless there is an evident necessity for it. In that case, it should be done with all possible mildness and with the greatest tact, without in the least outraging the feelings of the other party. In this way, we shall avoid contests which produce only bitterness, and which ordinarily spring rather from attachment to our own opinion than from love of truth. But it is the Holy Ghost himself who admonishes us today in the most forceful terms on this subject. The Church begins on this Sunday in Eastertide to read from the Epistle of St. James. And the, passion we, the passage we read today from the first chapter is followed in chapter 3 by this stern warning on sins of the tongue. If any man offend not in word, he is a perfect man. He is able to lead about the whole body with a bridle, for if we put bits into the mouths of horses that they may obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Behold also ships, whereas they are great and are driven by strong winds, yet they are turned about with a small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. Even so, the tongue is indeed a little member and boasts of great things. Behold how great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is an unrighteous world among our members, defiling the whole body, setting aflame the wheel of existence, itself set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of creeping things and fishes, can be tamed and has been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. 
My brethren, this ought not to be so. We know that there are two kinds of sadness. There is, as the Apostle says, the sadness from God and the sadness of the world. For St. Paul tells us, the sadness which is according to God worketh penance unto salvation. The sadness of the world worketh death. Sadness, according to God, is nothing more than true contrition. Being filled with sadness over our sins, because they have offended the God whom we should love above all things. As soon as we have that kind of sadness, our loving Father rushes to meet our soul with his grace, and we are filled with quiet joy. How different the sadness of the world, worries of every sort, envy, that is sadness over the good of others, and sloth. That most poisonous sadness which afflicts a soul when she considers her own spiritual good and the great battle that lies ahead to work out her salvation and falls into despair. A sin which is often diagnosed as depression. But we should also know that there are two kinds of anger. Anger according to God and what the apostle refers today as the anger of man. The anger which is according to God is nothing other than holy zeal for the rights of God and his church. An anger which banishes all sloth from the soul. This righteous anger is often found on the lips of the psalmist. Zeal for thy house hath consumed me. And our Lord himself showed the greatest example of it when he overturned the tables of the money changers in the temple and violently drove out those who would make his father's house a house of traffic. Who cannot be expired by the example of the holy martyrs who so patiently endured violence against their own person but who would nevertheless fly into a rage if any one of their persecutors dared to blaspheme the holy name of God. There is certainly nothing wrong with this sort of anger. On the contrary, there is something very wrong with someone who never feels it. When you consider what has become of our land, what it has done with our God, I certainly hope you have some anger. I hope you throw up your hands now and again as I do, and say, whose country is this anyway? And make your own the prayer of the psalmist, Arise, O Lord, and judge thy cause. The sacred heart of Jesus teaches us to be meek, not weak. The anger of man, however, cannot claim any divine inspiration. St. James warns us, Let every man be swift, to hear, but slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man worketh not the justice of God. Anger is defined by St. Thomas following Aristotle simply as the desire to get revenge. Nearly always, it is not the rights of God or of our helpless neighbor that we are seeking to avenge but our own ruffled pride. The smallest child displays this behavior. If his brother hits him over the head with a toy, 
He might be surprised the first time and just cry from the pain. But the second time, his first thought will be to settle the score, with a little more thrown in for good measure. The fact that sins of anger are sometimes only venial should not put us at ease. Never forget that after original sin, the first mortal sin recorded in the scriptures was a sin of anger. Cain fell from grace long before he finally rose up against his brother. As our Lord said from the mount, you have heard that it was said to them of old, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of judgment. Some people are never in control of their temper, but most are able to avoid being an ogre in public. Their own vanity keeps their anger in check. Tragically, it is most often with those to whom we are closest, our friends and closest family members, that our wrath knows no bounds. With them, we are, it seems, ready to fight to the death over the smallest matters. In some households, snapping, cutting down, a hateful tone of voice, or a way of life, or rather a way of death. The initial reasons for a quarrel are soon forgotten. All that matters is winning the battle at hand. One side tries raising the voice. The other fishes for whatever he can come up with at the moment. Slanderous remarks about others, exaggerations, even outright lies. He is offended by every word or glance, which could be perceived as an affront to his dignity. In his thoughts, he nurses his anger, revisits old grievances, holds grudges. He spends the day imagining new fights and new arguments where his rights are finally vindicated. Then even vanity can no longer restrain the wrathful man. He defies God himself, for he says over and over again in his heart, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Let us hear again the counsel of our holy patron. You must be patient, respectful, cordial, yielding in all lawful things to all. Above all, we must avoid contradicting the opinion of anyone unless there is an evident necessity for it. In that case, it should be done with all possible mildness and with the greatest tact, without in the least outraging the feelings of the other party. For most of us, following this counsel is nothing less than the way of the cross, a complete emptying of self. Examine your conscience on any given day and recall all the times you have crossed others in thought, word, or deed. What were your reasons? Was it to defend God's holy name? To defend the truth and keep others, especially children, from learning error or falling into sin? Were you moved by charity to defend your neighbor from cruelty? Did you hope to defend your own good name from grievous slander? In all these instances, you may humbly thank God for giving you the courage to say what was right. In all other cases, 
You may be sure that your anger got the better of you. Do not get angry at yourself about it. Cry out to God with all your heart, Lord, grant that I may see. Heal me from my blindness. Grant me the grace to see the misery which my anger causes me and causes others in this life and will surely cause me in the next unless I learn from you who are meek and humble of heart. Let not one more sun go down upon my anger, but let me bury it today in the abyss of your mercy. Amen.